Comedy Filbert's episode 477. Boom, 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 boom. We didn't have money for a theme song, so I wanted to put a big, big loud, crazy theme song in there. <laughs> we've uh, we've had uh, our theme song for a long time. Yeah, but not it. that yeah. sort of action. No, not the uh, not the action news type not of the, um, <laughs> beat. Yeah, <laughs> I can weigh in early. That was more like a judge like kind of show. Dun dun dun. Right, yeah, it, was, dun, it, was, dun, dun. it was. And I'm on trial, I guess today. Would you be, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Stand tall, the accused. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm defending myself. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, (laughs) my sister went to law school. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if that's that not counts a, for something. That's got to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's not a win mm-hmm. right there. As yeah. the brother of a Stetson grad, Your Honor, I think mm-hmm. I know my, my way around the courtroom. My sister went to law school, <laughs> and she only went because she loved Law and Order. She's like, oh, well, this oh. looks like fun. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what would I rather be, a cop or a lawyer? I think I'll take the lawyer. Yeah. They get more air conditioning because well, those are the only choices. Yeah. On television. And then Law and Order, <laughs> it's the back half of the episode yeah. is the law, so right. that's more of the fun. Or you run a diner. That's it. Right. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the only choices for jobs from TV. I cannot, I cannot judge yours. By the way, Mark Ellis is the one yeah. talking, ladies and gentlemen. Good our to guest see you boys again. Comedy mm-hmm. Film Nerds episode 477. Yep. Um, yeah. From af- many different uh, film programs. Many, he, has a, he has a litany of film programs. <laughs> Lots of different endeavors. I'm like, I'm like Sherman going through Atlanta. I'm just burning <laughs> movie outlets. Schmoes, no collider, rotten tomatoes. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll burn it all to the ground. Yeah. You're burning film cans around TVs and making neckties. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, I. Uh, it's been, but it's been, it's been fun. It's been a nice journey, and then I was mm-hmm. like reconnecting with you all, Graham. We got to see each other in uh, San Diego. Yes, we did. Doug loves movies. Mm-hmm. I believe our second year in a row doing it together. Well, yeah, that's when it's really San Diego Comic Con at American Comedy Companies, where Graham and I realized that we actually are somewhat best friends. We just <laughs> <laughs> communicate like once every nine months and mm-hmm. it happened to fall again and now I'm here. So this is this was a great follow-up by you. This is really elevating our relationship really to the next mm-hmm. level. I was Sounds like, like you doubled it. Yeah, I did. I, did. I doubled it up. I was like, I can't wait another 12 months to see Mark. Yeah. So let's get him in. And I was like, you know, I have a movie review podcast that I do mm-hmm. with Chris, maybe another guy that does a half a dozen movie Mm -hmm. like i was because that's part of it as i we were scrambling well let me just say this that's what the guest always loves to hear if you're a if you're (laughs) if you're a young podcaster and you get a guest you always want to hear well we were scrambling for a guest (laughs) five minutes before luckily ellis was begging for change outside we we got him (laughs) off the scrap heap of podcast guests (laughs) i think he sleeps in that ford fusion There's a lot of cans in the backseat. <laughs> I don't judge his lifestyle choices. I just know he can talk movies. No, we were looking for guests. We, you know, you, I'm sure you went through this. A guest falls out. You're looking for this, that, and the other thing. And so we were trying to get a guest last week, which ended up not happening. But, you know, I talked to one comic who was like, oh, I haven't seen a movie in eight months. And I was like, oh, God. And then I went, I know a guy that watches more movies than I do. I can I can speak fairly intelligent about anything that's coming out still just because mm-hmm. I'm enough in that world, but I really have taken a step back because our, our channel Schmoes know we rebranded the movie Trivia Schmodown because mm-hmm. that's our trivia show and that's kind of what we're leaning into now. So now I, I was talking to my my business partner, my the husband of my wife, Christian, and I was like, I'm really this year and, and probably heretofore, I'm going to see the movies I want to see. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go see the movies I don't care about seeing. So I have seen less movies this year than in the last decade, and it feels great. Mm-hmm. I feel refreshed. I get more naps. I'm up to date on every team's training camp so far. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen a couple recently that uh, that We're I would be talk excited about. to get into. By the way, whenever a guest for this podcast ever says, I haven't seen a movie in eight months, his <laughs> next words should be, hello? <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> yeah. He will not get another call. <laughs> yeah. I got, and they're like, oh, one, some comic said to us once, I, n- I never watch movies. I'd be a great guest because we could joke about that. I was like, that's no, a horrible that's idea. That's the opposite of that's great. That's the dumbest thing yeah. I've ever heard. Have you ever seen that on a sports talk show? I don't like sports. Yeah. I'd be great on your yeah. sports talk show. No. It's what are you going to discuss? It's like one joke. It's like Gallagher oh smashing God. the watermelon at yeah. the beginning of his set. Yeah. It's over. That only is the closer. Irony is not always entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> and it can't go for an hour. I know. <laughs> See, I, I I didn't used to go to the theater a lot before I started getting into you know a lot of the press screenings mm-hmm. because like in the early days of Schmoes, Christian and I would pay like every weekend to go see a movie. And then we would uh, find a theater that was maybe a little permissive about sneaking into other theaters to yes. see. So we'd pay for one movie and end up like walking out with a triple feature. Right. And then we got three vids we get to shoot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we famously paid to see Prince of Persia and then wandered over to Sex in the City 2 and then watched as much as we could possibly stand of that movie. By the way, neither movie deserved your money. God, that <laughs> sounds like the worst yeah. double bill I've ever heard in my it's life. Like, could, could I just buy $20 worth of popcorn <laughs> oh. and then not buy a ticket for either of these movies? Because well, I want to support the I'll theater. I'll sit in yeah. the dark, <laughs> yeah, and make and just eat popcorn yeah. and stare into the, into the abyss rather than watch Prince of Persia and Sex of the City. Well, too. That was when, when we were hitting when, the pavement. Wow, when you, you are stare a, at Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia stares back into yes, you. It does. <laughs> yes, it does. I took down a lot of Grove popcorn. <laughs> we're both living over uh, Fairfax and Third. That's still for my money the Grove popcorn. It's still the, my favorite popcorn. Mm-hmm. You can throw your fancy arc like caramel popcorn. You mm-hmm. can you. Come out, come out of your ivory tower. Leave your, <laughs> leave your, your, your watermelon chicken sausage baguette behind. <laughs> come on over to Slummit at the Grove and enjoy the best corn you're going to have in Southern California. Yeah, and the and the I'll tell you what too about the Grove. It is always it's changed. It was a century, and now it's something else, or it was a it was it's a, like a Pacific theaters now. It was it yes? Or maybe they changed it since then. But it's always just been like. Could be an AMC. None of us know. Nobody, nobody, <laughs> nobody knows, knows at this point. It's a shadow. It's a shadow company. Well, now you yeah. walk into the Grove and because they have like two really nice theaters now, mm-hmm. they, like like the Dolby ones and then oh, the other yeah, ones. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you walk in, so basically, don't even look at what movie is playing. Look at the two movies that are playing in those theaters. And if you want to see those movies, great. Have yourself a ball. If it's playing in anything else, ah, uh, yeah, I may go some. I may take my business elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. those the are the ones you pay for the Dolby, and then you see your second feature in the yeah in the the tenement project ones right. of the of the of the other yeah. ones it's hard to go back once yeah. you have that good experience i'm like oh this actually sounds fantastic and people like, are shutting up or if they're talking yeah. i can't hear them right. i don't mm-hmm. notice the cell phone because their mouth theaters. is right next to a speaker because there's a hundred <laughs> of them in the theater it's the best <laughs> i the first time i was ever in a, in like a dolby kind of setting like that was i saw the metallica movie through the never um, and I'm a big Metallica fan, and mm. and they played that movie. And I was sitting right next to a speaker, and I still probably have hearing problems. <laughs> but man, was it worth it? Because that that thing just knocked my socks off. It was great so. to hear that music that loud in a movie theater, equipped to handle mm-hmm. it. 
So, all right, all right ready to get into let's it? Let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's start with The Farewell. Okay, um, so I saw the trailer for this last week, and I was like, I really want to see this. Mm-hmm. It's an indie film. It's based, so Lulu Wang is the director, and mm-hmm. um, it's basically based on a real-life story of hers. So Because it sounds a little like, oh, this sounds made up, but it's not. It's it's based on a true story. It's completely a true story, and the thing that's that's really interesting about it is this is sort of... It's a big cultural thing. It wasn't just this one family did this. This is like kind of standard operating per- procedure in China. So what happens is... Oh, I didn't know it was a cultural thing. Oh, it's a very oh, much a cultural thing. And that's okay. part of what the whole movie is. And I think mm-hmm. Lulu Wang does a great job. So so the lead character, which is based on Lulu Wang, is a Chinese-American woman. She's in her early 30s. Her parents emigrated here from China. So she speaks Mandarin. Um, and, but it grew up in America. So she's, she knows Chinese culture, but is very much an American and finds out, and this is all in the trailer. This is not a spoiler alert, um, that her grandmother has been diagnosed with lung cancer and they don't have, she doesn't have much time to live. The family decides to not tell the grandmother. So her cousin, who's been dating a, a Japanese woman for about three months, they're like, he's having a wedding. So we're all going to go back to China to say goodbye. And it really, this movie has such a great sense of humor to it and some really wonderful heartfelt moments. Lulu Wang cast really good actors. The only one who's even kind of recognizable is the lead who plays her dad. He's the guy who kind of looks like the president of China. So he always is cast in that part. Like he's like, I hope this guy never leaves because I'm always going to, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. you know. It's like if you were like on SNL and you had the one good presidential. Right, you know, right. Like, yeah, he's always got that suit ready for yeah, yeah, any audition. Any audition. And yeah. he shows up to play the president of China and kind right. of looks like him. And mm-hmm. so, um, but that was also interesting too. You see that guy's range as an actor. He's, you hear his American accent. He's, mm-hmm. um, the woman who plays her mom does a great job. And you really see the difference of the two cultures. And I think that's what Lulu Wang really wanted to convey. And I think she did a great job. Do you do you think the comparisons to like Crazy Rich Asians is fair or should this be treated as more like, you know, I know it had one of the same stars, but shouldn't it be treated like on its own or is there some similarities? I, you know, it's the, the Crazy Rich Asians is like a big wacky rom-com. Mm-hmm. This is an indie, this is like a heartfelt indie movie. Okay. That has, you know, it's like, a Chinese garden state or mm. something like that. Oh, interesting. That okay. seems like the more fair comparison to me because mm. obviously you're going to get the crazy rich Asians in this because a lot of white people are watching the movies. Yes. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, right, they have Asians in movies now. Yeah. yeah. And, but it, it, when you really break down the bare bones of it, it's, it, it is Aquafina's in both movies and she is a very different Aquafina in The Farewell mm. than she is in Crazy Rich Asians. And she's really funny. Like, I really enjoy her mm-hmm. sense of humor in movies like Crazy Rich Asians. But here, you're right. She does not lose the funny, but that dramatic side comes out in such yeah. mm. a deep, compelling way. And so from the guise of, oh, we're going back for a wedding, then I can see the comparison to a Crazy mm. Rich Asians. But there's so many more layers to this, both that the trailer will reveal about the grandma mm. dying and then other things that you're really going to be surprised with emotionally once you actually see the movie. I think that's a great way you to know? put it, Mark. It really, it really, the, the comparisons to Crazy Rich Asians are very, on the one that's the first paragraph and then everything mm. else is very different. And it, it is really... It has that indie film heart to it, you know, and 
because there's not a lot. I mean, I'm sure some of these actors are big names in China and they got Chinese financing and everything like that. So I'm sure it's d- doing well over there. Um, and that's great. But it's it's it was so I there were scenes I laughed out loud and I saw it um, down at, at, the, at the Delamo uh, Fashion Mall. And half the audience was probably Asian. Um, and so there was big laughs, you know, there was a lot of like, this is a typical Chinese family. Like it was like when Greek people laughed at my big fat Greek wedding, Mm -hmm. like those inside cultural, inside cultural jokes Mm -hmm. for sure. But I didn't feel like I left out or didn't get it. That's the mark of a great film right like it doesn't like oh you never got the feeling oh this movie isn't for me that's a good pull because yeah. yeah my big fat greek wedding did the same thing for my family who is clearly not greek because we go to the beach and we wear hazmat suits i mean when, <laughs> when you watch a movie like that it's like yeah you clearly know that there's cultural things that you did mm-hmm. not grow up necessarily with but it does a good enough job of making them evident without hitting you over the head mm-hmm. right and that's why i think the farewell not not only is it great storytelling and louis wang was fan what a fantastic Man, directorial job so good. i I think that this is one of those movies that comes out at the right time. And when you have a movie this small, you're not sure where it's going to go, who's going to respond right. to it. But it starts to get that groundswell of fan support to where it's positioned to have a studio come in and say, you know what, we are going to put $5, $10 million into this award campaign because we think there's th- th- there's that many good performances in front of him behind the camera to make the farewell a player come Oscar time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 really, and I'm going to read you some stuff here. For, so American producers objected to the all-Asian cast and insisted that she needed to add a prominent white character. That doesn't sound like producers at no, all. No, Hollywood is not, not racist at all. Uh, but Chinese financiers thought the story was too American, which is funny, yeah. their point of view of yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And they also insisted on adding white characters, which is interesting. So, um, I wonder if that's a typo. <laughs> they, they, it was too American, but they want to still add more white characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just for like, background. Yeah, I'm like, these sound like you wanted both ways now, <laughs> Chinese producers. <laughs> it's it's interesting because that that's such a and that shows and that's a that is the through line of the whole movie. And it, it's not surprising that even from a financier standpoint, there was the two different. Cultures. There's a scene in the movie where the whole family's together and they're arguing, you know, her her parents, the lead character's parents are arguing why moving to America was, there's an argument. There's a, They just put the argument, which is better, China or America, and they put it out there between this family and one's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you think China's so much better? You're still sending your kids to an American school. Mm-hmm. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like, well, you left China and you, mm-hmm. you tell me America's so great. And there's, yeah. you know, and it's just like, it was really, it was really interesting, and I only like a, a, a first generation Chinese American director could show this, this, these, these two sides of this, you know. Um, it sounds the, like it kind of had the insight of like a Better Luck Tomorrow, like Justin Lin's first movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really, <clears throat> excuse me. I loved it. I mean, I laughed, I cried. It was a really mm-hmm. wonderful. And and I and I also heard an interview with Lulu Wang on NPR a couple, a week or two ago, which is one of the reasons I was like, "Ooh, I want to watch this film." Mm-hmm. And this is sort of revealed too, like she learned about her grandmother, and her grandmother f- f- was a soldier in the Chinese army, you know, like, and she's just like, "I didn't know this about my grandmother," and 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 the grandmother is so. 
it, it, it's so well written, but it's, it, you can tell it's based on a real type person. And the thing I think that why it resonates, you don't have to be Chinese to, because it's this grandmother of a different era that talks, you know, you need to lose weight so you can get a husband. Like everyone has a grandmother right. that says <laughs> shit like that. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. yeah. um, you know, my grandma, I would always smile in, in pictures when I was a kid and make funny faces. And my grandmother gets so mad, you know, and she would just, you know, say that older generational, like my great grandmother told my mom when my mom was a little girl, Irish and Italian blood doesn't mix. Right. <laughs> just, just, right. So, and she was like off the boat Irish, you know, and so she yeah. had whiskey from because a because dis- of the heat, the right. temperature of blood, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the the heat of the two bloods yeah. don't mix, and just so there's stuff like that that while I didn't relate to the specifics, I'm not Asian, obviously, but just that like grandmother straight talking grandmother like mm-hmm. everyone has that in yeah. every culture that's a relatable thing yes. that, that, that's universal mm-hmm. and yes. i'm glad that your great-grandmother was such a fan of gangs of new york because she's <laughs> like, don't mix it all and um <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah you're right i mean i, I had the same what like I, I like when movies make me run the gamut of emotions mm-hmm. because and and what's really tricky for a movie to do is get me to care about the characters that necessarily i am not in that stage of my life like as uh you know because we, we, we were talking off air where it's like like, you're just like, well, you don't have a family. And I'm like, no, no. I don't. I mean, I got, you know, yeah. I, I got my brother, my sister, and I got my, my mom and some extended yeah. family, which is great. But, like, I don't have any intention of starting a family. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of that stuff. And it's like when you see a movie that's really good where somebody's raising a child and I care about that kid for two mm-hmm. hours. I'm not going to care about that kid in my real life. But it made me think, oh, I could be this mm-hmm. person. It, it opened up a new little gateway to my soul. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I really appreciate when I when good art does that. Pay to see a movie. It does, yeah. Like there's a there's a funny scene in there where, you know, her cousin is marrying a Japanese woman and she never mm-hmm. speaks. Right. Right. So there's a scene and the grandmother's like, oh, she's so dumb, and she goes, Grandma. She's not dumb. She just doesn't speak Chinese. Right. <laughs> Which I'm like, laugh, because that's universal. Mm-hmm. Oh, this guy's dumb. He doesn't mm-hmm. speak English. No, he's got a PhD. He just, yeah. he just, just doesn't learn the language. He just learned this language. Mm-hmm. You don't speak his language. No. He just keeps talking to me in this other yeah. language. Yeah. Oh, trying to shut up. <laughs> you know? And it's just so funny. It's such That's what makes it relatable. That's a human nature thing. Mm-hmm. You know, is the gra- is the grandmother racist? No, she just comes from an and she came from the era where China and Japan <laughs> did didn't not, get along. No, they, <laughs> they had a couple of dust ups. Yeah, uh, so it's like <laughs> there's a couple of practices. A couple we'll of yeah, so there's a couple of scrimmages. That yeah, were, you know, a couple of times. You know, and you know, so it was really and I'm that you didn't need any white people in it. If if that was the true story, if there was, if if Lulu Wang is like married to a white dude and he came over there and we got to see, if that's what happened, great. But I'm glad they didn't shoehorn in because of American producers or Chinese financiers said, nope. I'm glad, it, this just showed me the story, what life was like. I've been to China twice. It made me really want to go back there because there's so much stuff about the culture that's so different. Um, I remember meeting some Chinese comics Two, two female comics grew up in China in Shanghai. And I was like, so what does your family think about doing stand-up? They're like, I would never. My family has no idea I'm doing this. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, no. Standing on stage talking, especially as a, as a woman, no way. Mm-hmm. And so that whole 
culture of don't say anything, don't, and the whole thing of like, there's a great scene in there, and this is in the trailer too, where her uncle goes, see, that's the difference. In the West, you think your life is all yours and you're an individual. Here, it's our duty to not burden our mother with this news of her not being able to live for the next six months. Mm-hmm. You think you you think guilt. That's your selfish Western thing. You're a Westerner. Oh my guilt! I feel guilty for not telling her. You don't realize your duty as the whole family. And I was like, wow! It was really cool to see and hear that and showed like what the two cultures were. It was really mm-hmm. it was really it's a fat it's a great movie and I and I can't recommend it enough. Especially as we and I'm sure you know you know you see this, Mark. You just talked about everything is a superhero movie or a sequel or a, a remake or a big budget thing. So when a, a nice little human indie story like this comes along, go see it, go see it in the theater, Right. vote with your dollars, support and support a good, good filmmaker. Lulu Wang is a good yeah. filmmaker. And I am the worst offender when it comes to the sequels and the big, well, sure, of course. Cause, cause I see some I, of them are fun. I see a yeah. comic book movie. And as soon as the movie's over, I'm like, all right, what movie you sell me next in the post credit scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, with this, you really do get, you, you get the fact that this, that this is a family, an individual family mm-hmm. that does have its own quirks and mannerisms, but it's, there's also cultural things that are not specific to this family that are specific to the culture. Like you said, the way that you would view something like death right. is, is very different. And I just mm-hmm. think it does a fantastic job. So I would, be, I would be shocked. I mean, we as audiences would be treated to 10 movies the rest of this year that come out that are better than this that would force this to not get an Oscar nomination for Best Picture because I really think that this is, uh, as of right now, I would consider this a front runner for all the awards. And I know we're just getting into awards season sure. in September, yeah. but I think this is the one because we see it more recently in the last few award season cycles where there are more movies that people consider that have come out earlier in the year that are not just lumped mm-hmm. into that late September through early December kind of window. And I think The Farewell could be one well, of them. Well, you got to put yeah. Best Screenplay in there you got to put best director. You mm-hmm. got to put best picture. I would even put best actress. And you know what? Here's the thing too. We talk about the Oscars every year. Was it? It was, wasn't based on a book or anything, right? It was an original screenplay. It's her, right? it's her mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. This yeah. happened to Lulu Wang and her family, mm-hmm. so it's really her. Um, but like, you know, we've talked about diversity at the Oscars, and one of the things that always gets left beside is is an Asian woman hasn't been nominated in 50 years for right. best actor, mm-hmm. best actress. Whew. She had you to know, write her own story. Yeah, for that, right. <laughs> for that to get made. Right. Yeah. So it's like this. This. This is a really good film that needs to be recognized, and this is an opportunity where the Oscars and the Golden Globes mm-hmm. can give a good movie and a good young filmmaker and Asian woman and like female right. director. This is the movie that should really get all of that and more because mm-hmm. it's really, it's wonderful storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's, it, was, it was just a great film, so check it out. All right. All right, uh, I saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark with my, <laughs> with my family, and uh, this uh, was quite an adventure. So I'm going to go through everything that happened up to and during this film that we watched. But first I want to make it, there's an interesting uh, parallel here between The Farewell um, farewell, they had trouble getting financing for this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when they uh, went on This American Life and Chris Weitz came on as a producer, he was able to get the rest of the financing. Now, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is based on um, some young adult books from the 80s. Been in development for years. Guillermo del Toro becomes involved. There you go. Then it gets made. So each of these movies, in an interesting way, completely different, but needed a champion to get made. Mm-hmm. So 
I wasn't sure about this film. It's rated PG-13. And I thought, well, is it going to be really scary? Is it going to be kind of horrifying? Is it going to be like, or is it going to be like a Goosebumps? I wasn't sure. Check the IMDb Parents Guide. It was like moderate. Okay, that's not too bad. No blood and gore because if it's PG-13, the first thing that cut out is not the violence, but the blood and the gore, so right. it's less red and less intestines or whatever, viscera, I guess you could say. <laughs> so, But I still wasn't convinced. I'm like, my son wanted to see it. He's 11. My daughter, of course, wanted to see it. She was 14, and my wife wanted to see it. So we're all, I'm like, I don't know. Let me, let me do a little more research because Neil hadn't seen it yet. So normally I ask mm -hmm. Neil. And uh, I went into some filmmaker interviews, and they said that, well, this is a movie for kids who are too old for Goosebumps but too young for It. And I'm like, oh, that's perfect. That's like a house with a clock in its walls. It's like right that mid-range. Well, those, those are yeah. the ages of your two children. Yeah, the age of the... <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then it said, yeah, it's a little scary, but we put a safety bar in there. And then I'm like, okay, well, now this made me want to... Uh, I felt better about bringing my 11-year-old. Um, this movie was fucking horrifying. <laughs> That was the best, the best lead up. Right, right. I, I did my due diligence. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's and, almost like uh, an admission. I'm oh sorry. My God. I got it right for 14 years. This one I got it wrong on. Unbelievable. Like he, was, he was describing a Jurassic Park Jeep. He's like, we got yeah. the Jeep. It's yeah, a very yeah. safe automobile. <laughs> and oh my yeah. God, there yeah. is a goddamn yeah. T-Rex. Yeah. Yeah, there is no way this movie should have been PG-13. This was f more frightening and terrifying and disturbing than it in parts. It was, this movie was off the rails. There was no safety bar on this movie. Uh, my son didn't make it all the way through. About uh, 45 oh. minutes in, my wife had to take him out. My daughter was freaked out over it, and oh. she's watched a ton of horror. And um, all of us had trouble sleeping that night. <laughs> Just oh, the whole family and so yeah, one yeah, bed together. Wonder what's coming out of the closet. And it was the kind of thing where, had I known, you know, I would have just taken my daughter and we would have enjoyed it because it's a good horror film because it's fucking terrifying. But it is not marketed properly at all. I would not take anybody under fourteen to see this movie. And the reason is, is because this movie taps into like old school psychological horror. Like you know, everyone nowadays they're so used to like. Um, slasher, viscera, you know, everything blowing up or zombies. So it's everything's disgusting. With this, you know, and it goes back to these, because these books were written in the 80s, it's being trapped in the basement of a haunted house oh, where someone was tortured. Shit like that. Like, and then... That's not for yeah, kids. No, it is I'm not. I'm not going to that no, movie. No, no. Uh, being trapped <laughs> in a hospital with this horrifying monster closing in on you where there's no place to run. Um, there's this monster that um, comes through a chimney in pieces and puts himself together and does the spider walk from the exorcist for 20 minutes. <laughs> oh. It's the del Toro and influence, man. It, it is. It, I mean, it really, and, and I'm not, because Andre Overdahl, the, the, the director, has done some really cool horror stuff. Yes, but who was, well. who was looking over his shoulder the entire time? Well, it was del Toro, but yeah. also but the other horror, like he did the autopsy yeah. of Jane Doe. Yes. Andre Overdahl did, which is an R-rated film. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he also did the, the cult favorite Troll Hunter back in 2010. Yeah, which and, I liked too. And I would let both kids see Troll Hunter. And, <laughs> right, but then you get the combination. And yeah. I was, the, the screening that I was fortunate enough to go to was introduced by Andre and, and Guillermo was there. Right. And they, they mentioned as much as what you said, that mm. they said that they, they feel like they made a film that is a nice gateway mm -hmm. into horror films 
for kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm I didn't have the scares after the movie. I didn't get the frights afterwards. I wasn't right. like because I live by myself. Probably <laughs> I, I I didn't feel terrified. But mm-hmm. during the film, I'm thinking there's a lot of graphic stuff. It's the graphicness yes. of what is depicted that really right. got me. Like this is PG-13. Yeah, it was really incredibly disturbing stuff. And one of the things too, and this is how, why the rating system is so fucked up. All right, if you show a head getting blown off and uh, you know blood coming out, it's an R. But if you're listening to a recording of someone getting slowly tortured and murdered from shock therapy, that's not R. That's like ridiculous. That's PG-13. Really? This is the gateway horror for children? Are you sure? Uh, So it was the kind of thing. But also it was... It was so disturbing, and the way it was shot really well mm-hmm. for a horror movie because they did all of those things that they know that you know, like um, the sound, the music goes out, you know there's a jump scare coming, but they delay it over and over and over again, so it increases the tension where you're almost like this as you're watching, Ooh. and then when you finally, it shows up, it's even more horrifying than you think it's going to be. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was it was a really good horror movie marketed horribly. So the beginning when you're, you're set up to telling us all of this, Chris, mm-hmm. fair enough to say mm-hmm. that it, it's an apology mm-hmm. to your family? Yes, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> you're listening, Absolutely. Dad yes. did his best, yeah. kids. I'm sorry. Like I said, got it right for 14 years. I was due for a miss. This was a pretty hard one, but uh, I did miss. It, it, it seriously uh, was. Yeah. Like, like I, I imagine if you're either one of your kids' age, it's like back when I was a kid, you know, the gold standard of like, oh, man, I want to see yeah. I want to see a, a woman naked, find a Playboy, find a penthouse, right. something like that. Mm-hmm. And you never could get your hands on one back in mm-hmm. Williamsburg, Virginia. I couldn't find anything. This movie, it's like getting the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, right. opening up, and there's a Playboy inside, and there's somebody spread eagle, and you're like, Jesus, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a bikini or two. I wasn't expecting just a full ass. This, yeah. Look at this thing. <laughs> Did you like the movie, the though, Mark? Just overall, as a, in terms of... I thought it was okay. I thought mm-hmm. it was... It, it, as far as, as me enjoying it, because I'm a big horror movie fan as yeah. well, and so mm-hmm. I... And, and, and I did read the uh, the books. These are like the only books I've ever read, but that don't involve... <laughs> it, unless it involves Van Halen or Tiger Woods, I haven't read the book. <laughs> but I did read all the scary stories. A lot of Van books. Halen books out yeah, there, yeah. Big. If I see a Van Halen bio, mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. picking it up well, out of habit. Mark leads. Mark reads a lot of um, Van Halen fan fiction. Uh, so <laughs> I write a lot of Van Halen. Yeah. <laughs> So then the alien says, we're going to take over your planet. But then Eddie started hitting those notes and an eruption of lava came out of his guitar. But yeah, I uh, running with the devil just chased away the zombie fleet. Gives me good ideas that they find out David Lee Ross an alien. So they hire Sammy Hagar to go kill him. And then we have the whole rivalry. But yeah, I I thought that it was um, the stories that they were telling, I thought Mm -hmm. would be a good gateway for somebody, a younger viewer into a more R-rated horror fair but you're right the amount that they showed like, like you, you referenced the jump scares yeah the, the jump scares are, are really well done but i'm just not expecting once the scare is revealed to be on camera for that long right and in mm-hmm. your face and so i i fully agree it with that it didn't point. let up i mean this movie literally didn't let up wow. for the entire thing and uh, one of the things that was also very deceive, the, uh, deceiving is that we're getting accustomed to seeing play, things like stranger things and it where you've got a group of kids Right, and right. it's almost like a Scooby-Doo gang that's like they're fighting monsters. Sure. And But you think, and you see the way they interact with each other. Oh, they're going to be around for the entire show. Or they're going to be around right. for the entire movie. And then even in It, they get older and they come right. back. Um, this movie, you end up with considerably less 
children than you start Spoiler with. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Chris. So now taking away the fact you felt like it wasn't marketed correctly and you're right. in the theater going, oh my God, I've traumatized my <laughs> yes. son and I'm blaming myself. Yeah. Uh, letting go of all of that as a movie, how did you think of it? As a horror movie, I thought it was really um, well done as far as like putting together um, scares and disturbing imagery and unsettling me. Now, the story was a little thin because it basically was goosebumps because you have all these young adult books and each one was a different story. Mm. So you have the through line of like someone who died and was writing these stories. They came to life and they were killing people one by sure. one. So if you get past kind of like the the thin thread of the story and you get into the actual horror, it was really effective. Okay. It was really scary. Okay. And it was this kind of thing that I would also recommend seeing in the theater with good sound mm -hmm. because the sound was really important to this movie. Everything from, you know, the creepy sounds that would happen behind you, but the way they played with the volume of like the quiet and then someone screaming and then quiet. I mean, it was really effective. And I give, you know, the director a lot of credit for that. I mean, the way he created mm -hmm. a mood and the jump scares and everything else. I mean, you know, the kids are quippy and they try to be funny in the beginning, but once things start going, no one's joking anymore. <laughs> then it just, it goes, um, it just, and it has a good build. It start, it gets more and more horrific as it goes on and it doesn't let up till the end. So um, go, if you're a horror fan, check it out and uh, don't bring children with you. Okay. <laughs> and it's got the best zit popping scene since yes. Animal House. And that, that's what freaked out my daughter. That's what, that's what made her unsettled. Hey, we've all been yeah. there. We, yeah. We've all been looking yeah. in the mirror being like, this thing yeah. is ready to go. And that's in the trailer. This is it. And then all of a sudden a little um, spider leg comes out. Of the oh, people God. in the uh, on, the, on her cheek. I mean, isn't the white good uh, bad enough? Yeah, <laughs> I don't ever want to see this movie. Yeah, and I'm, the, I'm the never one thing to see this movie, not on a plane. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm no. flying to Russia <laughs> yeah. in September. I'm not. If this is on the plane, I'm not watching yeah. it. Do not watch this and on your. I, I will say this: that this was an interesting choice. They set the movie in the '60s. Um, so, because everyone's trying to put, you know, the, the horror with the kids in a different time frame for some reason, but it's, oh, we can't do the 80s now. We can't do the 90s. Sorry. <laughs> right, we'll do the 60s. But we, these kids can't yeah. have cell phones. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what we're going for. But it was one of those things where it felt like a, um, an arbitrary decision because, all right, 60s, 60s clothes, 60s cars. But nobody's really going to speak like they're in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> we're still going to speak like we're in the, uh, you know, contemporary times, but uh, we'll be in 60s clothes. So that was not a, uh, a huge attention to detail there. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it was it was a scary movie. And uh, and it, like I said, it was because it was more psychological and jump scary than anything um, bloody or gory. Okay. Yeah, don't watch it on a trip to Russia. Russia's haunted <laughs> enough. <laughs> Here in Russia, there's a lot of dead women looking for parts of their body. Yes. yes. So you don't need this movie to usher you into any other area. Well, I'm staying in Chernobyl because I'm told that the hotels are cheap there. So I Yeah, think... you should be fine. Okay, good, mm -hmm. good, good. <laughs> good deal on Priceline.com. Yeah, 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 really yeah. good. Yeah. Slashing prices. You know, yeah. I heard some complaints about the service, but you should be okay there. <laughs> yeah. No, if you go, just go to Airbnb Chernobyl. <laughs> it's uh, fantastic. I, mean, I got a whole house to my myself yeah. is fantastic oh yeah. really the family's not still staying no, in there I got, the, I got the run of the place it's Good weird for you. yeah they say i can't i shouldn't use the pool but i don't know yeah. it'll be fine we'll be fine yeah what's the worst that could happen yeah <laughs> plenty of power can charge all my devices <laughs> oh yeah without even plugging them in yeah yeah, yeah. put them out on the, yeah, on the on counter the... <laughs> they're gonna charge Magic. themselves yeah <laughs> So, so Mark, you uh, got to see a preview screening of uh, Good Boys. I did. And uh, what did you think of this movie? Now, this is kind of like, I felt like this is like, oh, all right, every every couple of years, somebody has to make a Porky's. 
and this really feels like it. This really is, and and <laughs> I I actually mentioned as much uh, when uh, when Chris and I were doing our review for our channel uh, this morning is that. I feel like Porky's set a precedent because there were raunchy teen comedies before Porky's, but Porky's, when it came out in, I believe, 80 or 81, it was, we are a group of high schoolers and we need to get laid. That's the mission. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you had American Pie, and it was pretty much the same thing. We got to get laid at prom. Mm -hmm. And then you had Superbad, which is this is by the same producers as Superbad, and Superbad was, we're, we're in high school, we, we know we're not getting laid, we're not quite there yet, we need to bring alcohol to a party so girls will think we're cool. Okay. Right. This is sixth graders, and the goal, the mission, is to get that first kiss. But there's a lot of misadventures that happen along the way. Mm-hmm. This is a hard R movie. These misadventures are hilarious. The three kids, our leads, are fantastic in it. And it made me remember just how dumb and immature I was in sixth grade. Because the big fear of this movie is, are these kids going to be so uh, smart-mouthed? And are, are, are they going to be a little too aware of everything because it was written by adults? And no, this these kids are in sixth grade. They don't know a lot, and they don't know enough to know what they don't know. Right. And it is such a fun, rollicking adventure where I don't think it's, a, it's necessarily a perfectly made movie, but God, are there some funny parts in it. That's mm-hmm. what describes so many great comedies. Is yeah. you know, it's a bunch of set pieces with a thin, mm-hmm. yeah. thin line yeah. to connect them. And, and like, if the set pieces are funny enough, it's you forgive it. You I mean, forgive it. It's like we talk about. It's like an action movie. The Marx Brothers. Yeah. 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 Tell me the plot lines. Right. Give me the three acts arc of uh, Duck Soup. Of Duck Soup. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so it's like you know, and they all have a, a thin, you know, Animal House. Whatever they got kicked out of campus, they had to fight to get whatever. Like there's mm-hmm. always some save the teen center thing, right? Yeah. When you, when you talk about Animal House, you, you never mention like, oh well, Delta Talkai is fighting to stay on campus. Yeah. it's like no, you talk about that part, or you talk about that part, yes. mm-hmm. or you talk about that hilarious scene. It's the same thing here. I mean, I can think of three, four instances in the movie, uh, in the Good Boys, that that just it made me made me laugh in such a visceral "I've been there before" way. Mm-hmm. So this this you know for me growing up here in the states in a suburb like these kids did, th- this is not something that like oh I can imagine somebody going through that. I went through the exact same kind of sequence. Like I joked on uh, on Twitter this morning that if you see the Good Boys and you don't think this is accurate to how sixth graders behave, when I was in sixth grade, a, one of the kids brought a condom to school and I thought it was like a uh, uh, animal balloon. <laughs> and I wasn't the only one. We all were like, what balloon animal are you going to make? And then it's like, oh no, this is actually used for something. And then we thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> we got a condom, guys. Yeah. And right. then you made what a balloon animal. With it? It? Then we ended up making a balloon <laughs> yeah. animal. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we'll watch the trailer in a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Gene mm-hmm. Stepinski directed it. He's, he, this is his first feature. He did... Um, a few episodes of The Office. Oh, okay. He knows his way around comedy, around set pieces, like you said, and mm-hmm. Evan Goldberg, Seth Rogen producing, and their uh, th- their touch is clearly on the movie, and it's just, it, it really is a good time. It's hard to get me to see a movie about kids, but man, yeah. I was in there, and I was enjoying every okay. second of it. Yep. All right. All right. So check out Good Boys. And we have some Patreon sponsors, Graham. Go to patreon.com slash comedy film nerds, and you too can have your business spoken of in the way Chris is about to right now. All right. Get ready. You like that lead-in? <laughs> it was pretty good. Um, Johnny Rulon, he's promoting his novel Johnny. Green Cheek, A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's on Amazon, both digital and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. 
The website is happyhorrorshowproductions.com. Happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet, it's a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check out Fanboy Planet for your comic news, your movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. Check out fanboyplanet.com. Fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee Over Suicide, a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death, one cup of coffee at a time. New episodes every Friday, wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. That's coffeeoversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, co-host of the Bugle Podcast and host of Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. The shows were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, with a binaural microphone, which creates an intensely immersive listening experience. Check out alicefraser.com, alicefraser.com with an S. And the Art Podcast with Rebecca Evans. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves, we find our own art and life. New episode with John S. Drew, host of the Shazam, Isis Podcast, Batcave Podcast, and more. Theartpodcasts.com with an S. And a gritty Australian noir book. The Murder of Jeremy Brooks pits small-town Australian P.I. Dan McGinnis against corporate greed and corruption. A Sydney surgeon hires Dan to find her husband's killer. The cop thinks it was a mugging gone bad, but she thinks it was a hit. More info at TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. TonyMcFadden.net slash JB. All right. Oh, got some talented fans. I know. Yes. These people, you guys are doing great they, stuff. They create. Just admiring your logo, too, the Comedy Film Nerds logo. It looks like a Van Halen cover. Ow. It really, it's it's job well that done, boys. Thank you. I did mm-hmm. not know you could turn into eagles, but. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Chris and I possess that ability. Yes, it's not something we talk about. No. I was say, your trip yeah. to Russia is going to be very I know. <laughs> we want to add a shapeshifter tier to Patreon, but we just haven't figured out how to like get it done yet. We'll turn into yeah. whatever animal you yeah. want. Yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah. on a lower Patreon tier, Mark will come in and make balloon animals out of condoms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna add those two tiers next month. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's you just talked about good boys. Let's yes. look let's look at the trailer. Okay. I can't believe it's the kid from the room. Whoops. Mm-hmm. You guys cannot watch the trailer for your own movie. And what? Seth Rogen. Are you kind of Are you kidding? It's just too messed up for kids your age. There's drugs, there's violence, there's swearing. And although we've decided it's okay for you to do these things in the movie. You can't watch yourselves do them in the trailer. That's Fuck. fucked up. Oh, it is fucked up. Yeah. You can say that, but yeah. you can't watch yourself say that. That's fucked up. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> I found all these weapons in my parents' closet. I think your parents let me wear this for Halloween. A knobby? It's Japanese for nunchucks, motherfucker. Oh, fuck. Are you okay? You smell like shit. <laughs> There's going to be an anal beads reference in a red band trailer. Yeah. Can Thor and Lucas come? They're my best friends. We do everything together. They're so random. Two weeks into sixth grade, I'm already a social piranha. Sippy cup. Sippy cup. Does this look like a sippy cup? No, it's a fucking juice box. Because I'm not a fucking child. (laughs) You do not want to go to Soren's party not knowing how to kiss. We could spy on my neighbor. She's a total nymphomaniac. Hey, Stranger Things, go fuck yourself! Jesus Christ. You had us bring drugs to a fucking playground? 
good uh it, it's a great indication for what the movie is but it's also a good comedy trope because it does not give away all the funniest parts the no that's good yeah so i'm sure seth rogan and even evan goldberg they had something to say about the trailer i I'm saw sure. that trailer ahead of uh, a movie i saw in the theater recently and uh i was like laughed out loud during mm -hmm. it but i'm always i'm hypercritical and very suspect of a comedy movie like mm -hmm. is it going to be good so hearing you say that it actually does all the things that the trailer leads you to believe is like all right i'm in yeah, yeah. i want to see it now it's the best mm -hmm. thing about a comedy trailer is when it it knows it's a funny movie and so it holds some of its cards to its vest it shows you what the movie is it right. gives you a right. unlike scary stories <laughs> yeah it yeah even yeah. indications yeah. what the movie is <laughs> but there's some really funny things that will genuinely surprise mm -hmm. you in the movie so. all right yeah after seeing that trailer i know exactly what to expect right for that movie right. that i will watch on a plane yeah <laughs> all right here we go make sure there's no kids sitting next to you i always get very uncomfortable okay. if i'm watching a r-rated flick on a plane that's fair and considerate by the yeah, way i don't want to <laughs> well it's not for them it's for me yeah <laughs> it's my own comfort level now this is the adams family the animated movie i will say this it seems like it's actually was a good property to make an animated movie on right because even kids aren't going to know what this is, but it'll be entertaining enough that like they don't they love, have seen Kids it. love Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it makes sense. All right, I'm awake. It makes a lot more sense than doing another live-action one, yeah. for sure. Darling, is that really as tight as you can make it? Hello. Wednesday. What do you have there? I'm not sure. There's usually a murderous clown attached to the other end of these. <laughs> Boy, lead the way. <laughs> it's all so different. Pugsley, don't drink it all. This gentleman wants some too. What a nervous man. Welcome to the neighborhood. What an interesting home. Fire in the hole. You sunk my battleship! Yes! These people are monsters! They'll ruin the neighborhood! Hey, baby! What'd I do? Deep down, we're all the same. Let's show them what it means to be an Adams! This is gonna be lit! Choke on this! They said we got problems, but we say it's cool! 
beginning. Oh, yes! <laughs> Yuck. I've done this thousands of times. Awesome. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it I'm on the fence with that. I think it's a good property, like Chris said, to uh, yeah, to, to make a kids movie, animate. I I think that the the two Adams Family live action movies that came out in the early '90s, I think they're very underrated as mm -hmm. comedies. But I would not attempt to remake something like that. No, mm -hmm. I just think animation's the route to go. I think I would have. I it's been so long since the the live action ones came out. I'd have to see it. I was such a fan of watching this series, and of course, I was watching it in reruns as a kid. Mm -hmm. But what came first, Munsters or Adam's Family? It's a great question. Because um, clearly one Aaron, was greenlit after the other one. <laughs> what came first, Adam's or What Mon came first in my heart was Adam's Family, or like, like mm -hmm. my viewing habits. Because when I was a kid, I saw Adam's Family, then heard about the Monsters. I am going to take I think Adam's guess. Family came first. I'm going okay. to say the Monsters came first. Really? Oh, I'm going right. to guess the Monsters. The Monsters feels like just a copycat. Like the Adams Family was really smart and well written. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they went, all right, we need a version. So just let's yeah. just probably have, right. Have I just wanted to be the contrarian. Yeah. <laughs> Same year. Same year. 1964 for both. It's a push. Okay. Oh, wow. It is a push. 64. <laughs> the so, Beatles, the Adams Family, family and, and the, the Monsters. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a lot of angry phone calls going back and forth between development execs at studios <laughs> at that point. I'm like, you can't greenlit the show. Oh, I already greenlit it. What are you going to do about it? We're going to greenlit our show then. Right. Yeah, we'll see who does better. There's only room for one creepy family show on TV. I'm like, mm, no, actually, no, they both is, did all right. Actually, there's yeah. room. There's plenty we got of room Robert room. Blake and Fred Gwynn. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> all so, right. But check out those Adams. If you have not <laughs> seen the Adams Family live action ones it, in a minute, they mm -hmm. really are funny. It makes me mm -hmm. want to go back to the original. They're funny. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and on DVD and Blu-ray, just one big release, uh, Avengers uh, Endgame. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you've already seen this movie. But if you want to own it, you could get it on Blu-ray. However, interestingly enough, streaming... There will be only one place you'll be able to stream this film. The Disney, the Disney yeah. Plus. Mm. And that's it. And, you know, as you can, if, if you are watching any of the other streaming services, you're seeing the Disney properties slowly but surely start to leave all of these other platforms, including most likely the ABC stuff will start to go, and it's all going to be on this one platform. In fact, Disney Plus is so going after Netflix and other streaming services, they pretty much said, look, you know, you may not have kids, but there's still a lot of stuff you're going to want to see in Disney. Why don't we do this? We'll add Disney, ESPN, and Hulu all into one package. So you can pay wow. one price and you'll get those three services together. Yeah, the ESPN mm -hmm. Plus was the mm -hmm. was the thing that I'm like, ah, oh, you might have got me with that. Yeah. I am a huge Star Wars mm -hmm. fan, as you boys mm -hmm. know. And so them announcing The Mandalorian... Yeah, I was like, yeah, it looks good, and John Favreau's doing it. Favreau's doing it. You mm -hmm. also have a Cassian Andor, who was uh, Diego Luna's character from Rogue One, has mm -hmm. a spinoff series coming to there, and there's a third one that is in the Star Wars universe that has yet to be announced. That I have a feeling 
I am going to be lucky enough to be on hand at D23, Disney's convention, in a couple of weeks when they make a lot of announcements and they show a lot of footage that yes. the rest of the world has got to see for another couple of months. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably announce one of their other streaming shows and probably a Star Wars show, in addition to hopefully showing us some mm-hmm. new Rise of Skywalker footage there. Right. So. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, that's smart because... It's genius. I Would yeah. I... Hulu, ESPN, or Disney on their own? Nope. Yeah, but if you put them all together... You put them all together... Mm-hmm. I do watch sports. I do like the Star Wars world, and mm-hmm. I see what Hulu has to do. And uh, you know, and you're also getting like some original Marvel content too, along with some original Star Wars content. And you're getting the entire library of Disney movies. So. Right there's there's a mm-hmm. Loki spinoff show that mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston is playing Loki. There's yep. uh, I believe. Um, I tell you what, I would cancel my ones. Netflix and get that. Yeah. Well, now Netflix, the onus is on them to start making like, like show us what original properties you can come up with which they've done you know stranger things is, sure. is yeah. good but well that's why they bought millar world they bought all of mark millar's uh, properties and right. then because they realized they saw the writing on the wall that disney was going to start their own they're like well we need to start generating our own superhero properties and they have the irishman coming out with yep. uh with scorsese umbrella but, academy um, they're 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 mm-hmm. making the push yeah they have to yes they have to because there's going to be a lot of people like myself that are going to just go, hmm, if I'm not buying for both. Yeah, do I really need all of this? No, because if you got Hulu, then that covers all my episodic and movies yep. and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. And Disney covers all their properties. And now mm-hmm. I'm getting sports on top of it? Right. Bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wh- yeah, whatever you can do to get me uh, live sports that are streaming, that's what's really going to get me to cut the cable cord. Because I'm such an NFL fan that I still have mm-hmm. DirecTV. Because they have the the package, right. the Sunday package. So as soon as that evolves fully into something else, then that's probably what I'll end up doing, and then cutting the cable cord. So yeah, I cut it several years ago uh, when I kind of stopped being as big of an NFL fan. That was the one thing that was sort of holding me. And then mm-hmm. so now I just you seem happier. I am so, <laughs> I'm so relaxed. Here's what I did. You're I quicker st- to smile. I, you have I, a song in your heart. A lot of I people just, are cord cutting for sure. It's it's and I tell you what, so what I did, I still love baseball. So I got the cu- I get the Cubs every year through Major League Baseball and I can watch the Cubs on my phone or whenever mm-hmm. I want. Um Aaron You're right over there. Aaron, Aaron it's okay. Aaron has <laughs> a, a Cardinals guys are yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's right. <laughs> yeah. We call that a brain abnormality. <laughs> Cardinals fan. It's not you don't judge him. I let yeah. him make his weird noises. He's on medication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. We're gonna play this game. When was the last time you won one? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm an Orioles fan. All right, as long as we, we if we can stop losing 23 to two <laughs> to the Astros, that would be fantastic for me. Just stop giving up all those touchdowns. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so that's how I consume my sports now. And I I have an Apple TV, so I get the ESPN app, so mm-hmm. I get their free stuff, right? Which is enough for me. Like, and but then plus gives you more content. Plus right? gives you more. Well, plus does a lot of things like on their on their. ESPN two and they're co- like it's stuff like that. So I watch the MLS a little bit, and ESPN Plus covers more MLS games and bonus mm-hmm. content. And they started to put their thirty for thirties on ESPN. That's Plus. what got me initially on Plus. Yeah. was mm-hmm. was all the thirty for thirties are on there, and like I can fall into an OJ rabbit hole now whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good feeling to have. Yeah. So the thirty for thirties, they're they're really that's a really good sports documentary mm-hmm. series. And so I would do ESPN. And now if 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 ESPN Plus then gives me 
everything, every other sport that they cover that I can't see all the time, like college basketball and MLS and whatever they are, then I'm going to, then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that's a done deal. Whenever, when are they coming out with this? Um, well, the streaming it, service is set I to debut September. later this year in the fall because they not only the Mandalorian is, I believe, debuting in uh, November, but they also have a bunch of original Disney live action films that are going to be straight to the plus service like Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. It's going to launch with Endgame. That's one other like as soon as you buy it that day, that's when it'll be available there on, on streaming. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah, November and it'll 12th. it'll have okay. this bundle it's come November 12th? Mm-hmm. It's one of the options. You, you yeah. can just get Disney Disney Plus oh, okay. it, it, yeah. it, for the Disney stream if you just want that. But they have this bundle that they offered that you know caught our eye because of the other, the other options. Stuff, yeah. so. Okay, mm-hmm. November. Yeah, and it's weird how that Fox merger with Disney suddenly gave them control of Hulu so they could make this offer. They're playing the long game, Graham. Yeah, they <laughs> Disney are. are. They Disney smart. Really are. Yeah. It's very smart. Mm-hmm. All right. So, all right. And the uh, site spotlight, we want to mention uh, everything on the store is now for sale. Um, you know, we will be shutting down the store soon because uh, a lot of things are going digital and uh, not a lot of demand for physical copies of things anymore, mm. uh, especially T-shirts and uh, books and DVDs. So uh, everything's on sale. You don't need a coupon code, but we are liquidating. And uh, we do have enough, though, for some loot crates. If you still want to yep. do the loot crate here on Patreon. But uh, if you want some individual CDs, DVDs, a lot of Doug Benson stuff, I think there might be... Um, and the Doug Benson stuff is most of it's autographed. Yeah, m- most of it. Actually, most of the stuff in the store is uh, is signed for sure. Um, and, you know, of course, you can get earbuds and um, the Comedy Film Nerd's Guide to Movies. But we'll say this, like, even though the store is going away, everything that Graham and I do will still exist in other forms. A lot of it is on Amazon. A lot of it is digital, especially, you know, earbuds, Graham CDs, my books. Everything is still going to be around. Yeah. It just, we just won't have um, physical copies in the store anymore. Yeah, so, it's, just uh, a, it's just a big, because everything's gone digital. So, like, the, 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 the wholesale cost, the manufacturing of them, and just there's not enough demand because and the drop in sales, the drop exactly. in sales, so mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense for us anymore. So that's mm-hmm. why we're liquidating a lot of stuff. Yep. So uh, we want to appreciate you guys that have been shopping in there for years. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, um, so check out, uh, enjoy the fire sale. There's uh, there's, <laughs> there's definitely stuff left, and like I said, it's all discounted. So um, I will be buying everything in the store and then selling it outside for a <laughs> severe for price you. hike. Good yes. for you. Perfect. Uh, we hope every fan Whatever, does that. Whatever, do that. If you guys want to... S- I don't care. Yeah. I went to an LAFC soccer game Sunday, mm-hmm. and I was going to buy a jersey from a guy selling it out of his... Yeah. That's like me. He had a duffel bag. Yeah. And- <laughs> I'm selling peanuts $2 yep. cheaper than inside. Yeah, yep. that's what yep. I'm talking about. And you may, may not get to choose the size, but who cares? Yeah, so yeah. what? It's, you know, you it's, it's a duffel bag a, shirt. Why are you complaining? An LA yeah. Podfest 5X? Mark yeah, will be selling yeah. them outside of a movie theater. <laughs> that'll be my tent. It's just yes. a big <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Graham wasn't kidding. We do have some of those. We do have. Yeah. If anyone has a five X or like a, if you need that, yeah, let us know. Let us Just know. We us. have them. We yeah. have a shirt for you. Yes. If you're like, they don't make shirts in my size. We have. We have them. a few. Yeah. They're in Chris's garage. Yep. I think we even have some four X earbuds shirts. We have four X earbuds. We have mm-hmm. Podfest in the four and five X range. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of girly smalls. Yes. <laughs> Like if you're a petite woman, yeah, you really. Yep, there's uh, plenty of those, and I think there's a bunch of girly uh, whistling bane shirts left. There's girly whistling bane shirts. Just for the love of God, buy them. Yes, yes. And then sell them to Mark Ellis. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe one of those five X shirts, Chris and his family huddled in after seeing scary. (laughs) 
Yes. Come on, family, under my we, shirt. Uh, <laughs> we used it as a cloth panic room. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well. So, you know, my daughter sees so many horror movies, too, now, and, and the R-rated ones, and she looked at me like, that was terrifying. <laughs> like, it was PG-13. Yeah. She even said, there's no way that should have been PG-13. That it's a, it, it really yeah. is a good way to grow yeah. up, though, is mm-hmm. kids watching horror movies. It's some of my mm-hmm. fondest memories yeah. are being mm-hmm. scared for the very first time seeing right. a classic or a new horror movie or something that's not so classic. You and, know? It's just, and it's also, there. there is some, almost like a rite of passage to see a horror movie that you're not quite ready for yet. Right. <laughs> Saw Pet Cemetery yeah. in the theater when I was eight years old. Yeah, not appropriate. Oh, I saw girl. so yeah. many movies like yeah. that way too young. Yeah. I saw Amityville mm-hmm. Horror. I saw yeah. The Fog mm-hmm. when I was like, who brought? But <laughs> yeah. my parents brought me to Dachau when I was <laughs> six, so they didn't really have a bar set. Yeah. Even Doug, when he did the foreword for our book, he said like, I think his parents took him to see this uh, um, Argento movie, like Girl. Bird with the Crystal Plumage was that the one? Something like something that. Like, well, like some horrifying movie. Yeah. Like he said, there was no way I should have seen nope. this movie. <laughs> so, um, all right, and premiering this week, the Angry Birds movie two. Um, I'm I, sorry. Yeah, if, if you have kids, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for that you. You may have to see this movie. Um, <laughs> we apologize. Yeah. for having to mention it. <laughs> yes, if either of my kids want to see this movie, they're going to get grounded. So uh, right. that's uh, <laughs> the only movie theater where you can take your cell phone out because you're just supporting the film. I'm, yes, yeah, exactly. I'm, just, I'm not being a dick. I'm no, just no, actually no, no. I'm supporting playing. the birds. This is yeah. what I'm doing. This is, uh, this is AR. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, so I actually saw the first Angry Birds movie. It was horrible. So there yeah. is no reason There's no, why this should have ever been made. This is none of this uh, should yeah. be happening. Rovio has enough money. Yeah, you know, we're it's, done. Uh, you we know, don't need. Yeah, everyone's got the app. We got it. Okay. Every time we have yeah. to mention these on this show, I feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. I feel dirty. I feel like so, I've done something wrong. I feel wrong. like I need to give you direct instructions. Everyone listening right now, don't go see this movie. Yeah, don't, yeah. direct instructions. Uh, <laughs> Write this um, down. Don't see this. Good Boys, as, as we, uh, talked, we about. talked about the trailer, uh, 47 Meters Down, Uncaged. Uh, I've seen it for whatever reason, they are pushing the shit out of this movie. Every time I've seen a movie, this trailer is playing in front of it. And, Got a uh, big billboard in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jesus. Did they like go, was their release date pushed? They were supposed to be released before Megalodon, and then they're like, damn it. Yeah, I hope Meg so. Meg did well. I, I we that's should, that's not. So they're really, because it's like. I love the reverence you have for the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> You're willing to call it by the full, the full name. Yeah. I, that movie is a masterpiece. <laughs> This and is my, the, please, Megalodon's my father's name. Yeah. Call me Meg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Megalodon? It's hard to get me to not want to go see any shark movie. Though. Of course. You know, you know 40, 47 meters down, I, I would have loved to have been on that original pitch meeting. I'm like, all right, hear me out. Trilogy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sa- I'm telling you, we're gonna go 48 and then 49 oh, meters okay. down. Okay. We're gonna keep I'm going. Sold. Uh, the next one is Blinded by the Light. This is the um, movie that's based on Bruce Springsteen's music about. I think it's a kid in uh, the UK. It's made by the director yeah. that did Bend It Like Beckham. Yes. The trailer on this looks awesome. It looks fun. It looks yeah. like it's a combination of like Bend It Like Beckham and Yesterday. Yeah. Is this like the new thing now where it's like uh, people discover music, the music either disappears or they're not supposed to discover it, or like there's this weird thing where someone discovers a catalog of someone's music and then the movie's built around them? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all... I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And, it, you know, eventually they're going to make the Eddie Money movie that should be starring me. Eddie Money. Two Tickets to Paradise and One Boy Has a Dream of... The Mark Ellis story. Yeah. <laughs> two Tickets to Paradise. You'll be shaken in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> the Eddie Money. <laughs> so uh, anything having to do... Any Van Halen literature? Yes. Or, a, or an Eddie Money docuseries? Any Van Halen literature, but, like, because people, they know what a Van Halen nut I am, and so, like, when the Motley Crue movie came out on Netflix, everybody's mm. like, oh, Ellis, you probably really want to see a Van... And I'm like, I, I don't. I just... I don't think that you're going to do... It just, I, I, it, it needs to be done right, and I just don't see anybody doing that. I see them milking the melodrama for all it's worth, mm. and I, the casting is impossible to do, and it's just like I'd just rather, I'd rather enjoy the music, what I already have, and read up on the history of it, but I don't need to see it visually in front of me. <laughs> Very precious about it. Well, nobody's ever... Unless you want to make a movie about Van Halen 3. You can make a movie about the Gary <laughs> Sharon now. That's fine with me. Anything else is untouchable, so... Well, maybe they'll make a movie about Sammy Hagar buying a series of bars. So that'll, that'll be great. Or Eddie Van ha- or, yeah. uh, or or uh, David Lee Roth becoming a samurai. God, yeah, they yeah. all went a little shit nuts in the yeah, later years. Yeah. Good for them. That's the life, man. <laughs> nuts. You've been touring in the world's greatest rock band for decades. you got to move to Japan and take yeah. karate lessons. Yep. So maybe just a movie about the last year. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> This is sort of a recap. Mm-hmm. 2017 mm-hmm. to today. Yeah. <laughs> Our story starts in 2017. Yeah. What? Yeah. what you, you know what happened leading up to yeah. this. You got all the albums. Just really hear me need, out. You really need to know how Hot for Teacher got made. Really? No, no, we're done. Uh, so... so Where'd you go, Bernadette? This is the Kate Blanchett movie. This one looks really good. Like a nice little, um, an, another like really cool like character piece that's like good counter programming from all the big things uh-huh. exploding and and uh, like you said, all the superhero movies. So, uh, but again, this is another movie getting very little promotion right. or press. But it looks it looks good. It looks like a, a cool. Now, did you see it yet? I have not seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I know that there is less sharks in this. Yeah. Okay. okay. Than forty-seven meters now. Probably. Although Bernadette is uncaged through. Okay. <laughs> Bernadette uncaged. Yeah, I believe so. Unless she, unless where she went is prison. Yeah. I, I, I don't know much about the film. So. Or maybe she went on a Van Halen sabbatical. It's based yeah. on the music of Backman Turner over. <laughs> <laughs> so Bernadette is taking care of business, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> One day Bernadette wakes up, all the music of Backman Turner Overdrive doesn't exist, and nobody cares. Nobody knew. Nobody was like... You could ask that today. Yeah. People would be like, who are they? Or like, uh, you ain't seen nothing story yet. story of back yeah. return. If you liked yesterday, you ain't seen nothing yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 baby, 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 Bernadette ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> oh, God. And they're under 40. is like, what the hell? Shut are up, old man. Oh, my God. Don't make me Google. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my dad and his buddies are talking about yeah. old music. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's not like you could make a musically to it. Oh, uh, God. So. Don't make me start talking <laughs> yeah. about Foghat. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Put it to bed. Yeah. This sh- episode, 47 meters down. So, <laughs> uh, 
Mark uh, Ellis, where can people find you online or on uh, yeah, perhaps you got, offline? You're doing a lot of stand-up. Mm-hmm. What's going down? Yeah. You can find me offline at, uh, you know, the, you know, Grandmar Intro, Chris, uh, the, mm-hmm. the clubs and colleges across yeah. the country. Uh, I'm in New York in a couple weeks at New York Comedy Club, amongst many other spots I'll be popping into, but New York Comedy Club is the big headlining mm-hmm. show Friday, August 30th. You can get tickets at Mark Ellis Live. Dot com and got a special that's going to be coming out real soon. So oh, more nice. on that very soon on all the social media stuff. It's just at Mark Ellis Live. Check him out. We've done many shows together. Mark, very funny man, and uh, obviously very knowledgeable about Van Halen and yes. movies. <laughs> In that order, it is always good to see you, gents. Yes. Let's do it again before Graham and I bump into each other on stage. <laughs> Next oh, Comic-Con. hey, you're on Wait. the show. <laughs> Wait, it's don't you have another there. 10 months for that to happen? We got 10 yeah. months. Yeah. We'll, I'll see you in 10 months, pal. We'll yeah. set something up. Yeah. We'll see you in San Diego in 10 months. Hey, it's you. What's your name? Hey. hey. That guy? Well, I know one place you could, uh, is December 12th. We're doing our 600th episode at the Dynasty Typewriter. Yes. So that's great. It's going to be anyone who's ever been on the show, come in, just pop in for five minutes, say oh, hey, talk you, about what movies. So you, have, you know what? I'll do four minutes. I can't fill a whole uh, five yeah. minutes. <laughs> Good. That's good. So. I didn't want to tell you only do four, but I was giving me, I'm glad <laughs> you do it. Light me at three. I'll be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be out of there in no time. So yeah. And we, we December 12th, December 12th. And mm-hmm. that, that ticket link will be up uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Um, when it is, we'll, we'll announce that. And also, um, I'm going to be speaking at the Minds event. This is like a, you know, a, this political thing. October, August 31st, it's in Pittman, New Jersey, right outside of Philly. Uh, if you use coupon code GRAM, you get 10% off. And just then, over the bridge? Just over the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, I'm doing the Progressive Comedy Tour with Ron Placone. September 4th, we're in Omaha, the 5th, Sioux Falls, the 6th, Madison, the 7th, Minneapolis, and the 8th, uh, Iowa City. Check that out. And then I'm going to be doing shows in Moscow and St. Petersburg. I'll have ticket links on those soon. Anybody out there uh, in Russia? And then Progressive Comedy Tour is coming to Australia. We are doing... Um, November 14th, Melbourne, the 15th, Adelaide, the 17th, Sydney, uh, which Alice Frazier will be on that show, and the oh, 22nd in Perth. So go, go to GrahamElwood.com for all your tour dates. Very cool. And uh, long gone far away, my graphic novel is available at the store. The Comedy Film Notes store is signed, but it is also, if you want digital, it's on Comixology from Starburns Press. And uh, we'll be doing a uh, another Kickstarter for the next project, Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, very soon. So... Uh, we will keep you posted on that as well. So thanks again. That is our show, episode 477. Put it in the books. Uh, thank you again, Mark Ellis, for being on the show. Uh, my name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first.